All right. Good afternoon. Welcome to Seattle's Eastside Real Estate Podcast, the podcast dedicated to living and working, playing and everything on the east side. It's Wednesday, June 9th, and uh, we're live on Facebook. Please feel free to share, like, or comment. We'd be happy to see your comments and answer any questions that you might have. If you are listening to a recorded version, uh, don't call us. We may not answer the phone. Don't comment because we won't. Well, you can comment. That's okay if you're watching. I'm previous, we'd love to hear your thoughts on our video podcast. You can also find us anywhere podcasts are podcasted, um, both on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and any other podcast system that you use. Today, we're going to be welcoming in Andy and Benny of the Quest Coffee, a coffee shop up in Mill Creek. But first, as always, let's get to some real talk. And we have some really exciting news uh, this week. We just received a program from a company called Keller Offers. It's one of our partners that we work with, with a ready-to-sell program. Now, those of you that follow the Eastside Real Estate team know that listings for us is one of our favorite things to do. And it's one of the most challenging enterprises when you haven't sold a home in a while. And we come alongside and we help coordinate that process. Well, we're happy to announce a program called Ready to Sell. And the Ready to Sell program is really great. Let me just bring up a little bit of information about it. Well, what it is, is it's up to $76,000 of money for you to get your home ready to sell. It's pretty simple, $76,000. Now it's 12 months, same as cash, interest-free for 12 months. If you don't pay it off in 12 months, then you're gonna start racking up interest. Most of our sellers we see taking advantage of this are in a situation where they may have a few items of deferred maintenance or perhaps some cosmetic things that we can see would help make their home more marketable. Let me give you an example. One of our clients recently uh, had a home that had some siding that was um, in disrepair. They wanted to get the home on the market, but we knew that if they left it that way, it would cause a problem. So as we went out to the house, we went out and evaluated and we found a few other items that we suggested to them that would help make their home more sellable. Um, one of those items was to paint the exterior. So after we fixed the siding, painting the exterior. We also thought it would be a good idea to replace their uh, granite tile countertop with um, some new, clean, fresh quartz countertops. Some other things we did is when we pre-inspected the property, we found out that um, there were some GFCI, some, some minor electrical issues. We also found out that there were some things uh, with um, the, the plumbing. So we had a few toilets that um, maybe weren't seated correctly. So what we do with the ready to sell program, now those are some pretty minor. The, the big expense though was the siding. So the siding was gonna be about $15,000. And while they had equity in the home, they didn't want to tap into the equity. They also had savings that they could have accessed, but then they wouldn't have had money set aside for their future down payment. So this ready to sell program really is the kind of program that put them in a great situation because they didn't have to tap the equity, they had access. Now, here's some of the um, requirements with um, the ready to sell program. First, you have to work with a Keller Offer certified um, uh, ready to sell agent, which we are. Uh, the agent comes through and submits a, a list of all the items that need to be uh, repaired. And then we also put down how much we believe the home should be listed after that repair process. Once the prop property goes through the evaluation and the uh, uh, seller goes through a, an approval process, the vendors are engaged. 
And we actually have a uh, dedicated general contractor that will be managing the project. Uh, once those uh, bids are approved by the seller, then the bank who backs the process will go ahead and begin the process of liquidating some of that, uh, those funds so that, the, uh, so that the contractor can get started. Now, about halfway through this process, we send out our, our um, quality assurance um, pro, uh, folks, and actually we do a survey to see that things are getting done the way that they should be getting done, and that there is any adjustments that may need to be made. Now, that's it's pretty common that as you work through some problems, other problems may arise, more funds may be necessary or less. So we always wanna kind of evaluate that process about halfway through. Once the work's completed, we mark that um, as completed. We put the home on the market. And when the home is sold, you then pay for those services once it's complete. We're really excited about this program. And what we see is going to, this is going to provide sellers with a little bit less pressure financially, because of course, when you do go to market, if you're liquidating a lot of your savings to get the home on the market, um, there's just kind of this additional stress to the whole process. So that is our Keller Williams Ready to Sell program. We're really super excited. And if you wanna learn more about how this program could work for you, reach out to the Eastside Real Estate team. So even before this program was comes along, we already knew what it took to get homes ready. So if you want that plus the cash to do the things that you know need to be done to help you get top dollar in any market, please reach out to us. So that's our Real Talk segment for this week. Now, after this short commercial break, we're gonna to talk to Andy and Vinny from Bequest Coffee in Mill Creek. But first, our commercial. So. I don't know if you're like me, but um, kind of trying to stay healthy and eating healthy is a constant chore. Uh, there's a lot of temptations of something quick and easy. But one of the things that I found is really good is to kind of prepare in advance, right? So if that sounds like you and you're frustrated, I want you to check our podcast from last week where we, um, or actually two weeks ago, where we had Laura Taylor with Honest to Goodness Personal Chef Services. Now, they have helped hundreds of families just like you, just like me, save time in meal planning, grocery planning, and cooking everyday dinners. Laura's team, they excel in helping you to enjoy healthy dinners at home or while you're on the go. Um, especially if you have certain dietary needs. Um, Laura Taylor with Honest to Goodness is personal chef services. They do catering, home parties, and much, much more. So you can go back and hear our interview we had with her a couple of weeks ago to hear about um, uh, Laura Taylor and Honest to Goodness, or you can just go to honesttogoodness.com or give her a call at 206-930-8686. That's 206 930 8686. That's honesttogoodness.com. We hope you'll check them out. Now, back to our show. So this week, we are welcoming Andy and Vinny from Bequest Coffee in Mill Creek to talk about their new business venture and how COVID has impacted their first year in business. Now, I am a super, super big fan of small business. I love to see people when they're passionate about providing something Okay, and in this case, it's a place to gather. It's a place to uh, meet old friends. It's a place to do business. And I can only imagine the impact that COVID had on it last year. So before we get into talking about your coffee shop, why don't you guys tell me a little bit about yourself? So welcome to the show, Vinny and Andy. Yeah, thank you. Hi. So uh, Vinny, I'm guessing, is on the left and Andy is on the right, because those names could probably go either way, right? 
<laughs> yeah, I, I guess it, they're all nicknames too. Like uh -huh. our, our background uh, goes to like we're from Brazil originally, and I, I guess our names were too complicated <laughs> to go <laughs> yeah. by the full name. So we just both of us adopted like nicknames to make it a, easy. easy, you know, and, and friendly with everybody. So excellent. So um, since this is a show based around real estate, kind of tell me about um, the type of home you grew up in. Was it in Brazil, somewhere in Brazil? I live in Brazil. Yeah. Okay, tell me about where you grew up. So we are from the same city, actually, mm -hmm. in Brazil. So that was, that was good. Uh, and almost in the same neighborhood. Almost in the same neighborhood, but like housing there, it's uh, a lot different. Like from pretty much all the aspects of. Like when we first got here, we were surprised on first how fast they were building houses, <laughs> and uh, and also the way because here you see way more like. Uh, wood and brazil is all bricks mm -hmm. uh, gotcha. but we adapted very well like we feel like even though here is kind of a cold we never uh, we've we, we felt more cold in brazil than here because brick house no furnace system yeah. it would be like super chill inside yeah oh, we, are, we are from the south of brazil uh it's cold in winter time some people think that brazil is all hot but you know it's like here every place you go is different Gotcha. So you're saying that construction in Brazil was slower than construction here? Uh, just because I think that the process of building is yes. different, you know, like brick, the foundation, all, all this would take way more time when you're using like, uh, you know, uh, brick and cement than mm -hmm. when you do like the way you do. Uh, and then so what's the primary heat source then? <laughs> uh blanket and a nice <laughs> coat <laughs> gotcha so no central layers. yeah yeah all right all right, all right. cool yeah, well, thank, no, you for, thank you guys for sharing about that i just think it's great to kind of learn a little bit about where people grew up but because home you know home is where your heart is right so even though you're not in brazil anymore i know that we kind of go back into you know the house we grew up in and, and what it was like in our summers there so so tell me about bequest coffee so Bequest was a dream of uh, ours, like for a long time. We we have uh, extensive background in the coffee business, and we always wanted to open our own shop and a place to call ours and do the things that we always dream to do. And uh, last year, this dream finally came to be true. Uh, of course, we we're not counting with the COVID, but we were very grateful that we could put everything from the paper into reality. And, and make it happen and um we're very grateful for all that we have today so how, how do you go about the whole planning of opening a coffee shop uh, you say you have that in your background but i mean there must be a whole lot a whole lot of things you learned in that process yeah yeah uh Vinny has uh, what more than five years working as a manager in a coffee shop and then i got probably like two years but we were always talking about that and we want to have our own and then happened actually really quick <laughs> yeah we, <laughs> we were looking for a place and then we found this location and we love it and yeah and i mean it was uh, the one thing that we always tell people when they ask us about this too we, we say like it, it was meant to be because there was mm -hmm. a, a lot of things that came in a way of uh we finally opened the shop like uh problems that would come up and uh at some point we've been like okay it's it's not it's not going to be now you know but then things work out in a way that you know it was meant to be so like uh and that's what we 
kept telling ourselves even when COVID hit really hard. It's like, you know what? It was meant to be this place to be our shop, our first location. So it, everything is going to work out fine. You know, like it's hard, it's challenging, but we, we're going to make it. So, um, but it was a lot, a lot of learning, <laughs> even though like the five years, like she said, on the background and her two years too, we, at uh, first we thought we knew a lot, but then been the business owner for the first time, you definitely realize, whoa, there's a bunch of things too <laughs> that we do not know, you know? Unexpected. So tell me about the coffee or products that you serve. So you want to talk about like how you choose the coffee blend? Yeah. So uh, we always were passionate about coffee and good food. Uh, coffee, we're Brazilians, coffee's in our blood, I guess. And um, so one thing that we would face a lot here, it was every time they would go out to visit a new place and find a new spot, uh, it would be very hard for us to find a place where we could, that would be combined of a really good food and a really good coffee. It would be either, either or, right? So uh, the, when we always would talk and dream about our coffee shop, we would say like, whenever we open our shop, we got to find a way to combine both where a person can go. And if they want to, you know, if they're hungry, they can find both like a good coffee and food or if either or, but like, so about the coffee, we partner up with a middle fork roasters there in South Seattle. And I have known their work for a long time. They have been probably like 13 to 14 years already in their location roasting. They were primarily focused only on commercial so they would work like with uh, the Google campus, uh, Facebook, uh, and big grocery stores. Uh, but because we know them, um, they accept to partner up with us as well. And they allow us to kind of create our own blend. And so they do the roasting, but is like a house blend. It's Big Quest coffee um, that you're going to find in, in your cup. So... Uh, it's a very well balanced, very rich, but not so acidic, and that go well any time of the day you're drinking. So, excellent, excellent. So, besides coffee, what do you serve? Yeah, then we have the homemade pastries. In the beginning, we start with a few, and then we saw how people really want that, and there's no other places in the area that serves like homemade croissants and turnovers and all the stuff. So, we ended up adding like new uh, recipes so we have like i don't know maybe like 10 or 12 different kinds of croissants and turnovers that we make in house mm. and then we have the paninis that we have the whole day um breakfast sandwiches and omelets in the morning that you can make your own choose what you like we make fresh wow and so it's all made there it's not pre-made yeah. oh, that's, that's cool we make everything in-house, so it's always fresh. We bake many times a day the croissants, so every time you go there, at least one is like still hot out of the oven. Awesome. And after COVID, uh, like the second shutdown, was the second or first one, I'm not sure, uh, we also added the happy hour. So we have in the afternoon like beer and wine for who doesn't want to drink coffee. And we add a small menu with appetizers, everything homemade. How big of a space is it that you guys have there? So the whole space is about like uh, 1,800 square foot. Uh, but we have seating for like in full capacity would could sit probably like 50 to 60. Okay. 
hopefully we can get some uh, some photos uh, from you guys, and we can actually put those into the video. So overlay. So as we're talking about it, these uh, the, the photos can kind of come up. Um, that'd be kind of cool. Um, so tell me about what it was like to open this business and, and what happened. How did you support the business for the year while you were open and then closed and then open and then closed? I think what made the difference is uh, we were there like every day in the beginning, working like 12 hours a day, every day, maybe no day offs. I don't remember. No. It was, yeah, it was, it was hard, but fun at the same time because we really love to be there. Mm -hmm. But we we never closed since we opened. Uh, since we've we had like two or three shutdowns, I think two. Uh, but we were open for takeout during the whole time. Yeah, because when we opened, we opened March 14th of 2020. Oh, and, yeah, and on March 16th, we got the news that the governor was like putting the the, the the lockdown in place and. And I mean, we just opened, we can't afford clothes. Mm -hmm. So we were just like, scary. yeah, let's just, you know, doing the, um, the takeout, like Candy said, like, let's keep orders open. We kind of closed the, the, um, the dining area. So only the front uh, cashier was available with the pastry. So people were only allowed in the front part of the shop. Um, and it was scary because we were all on the Mill Creek town center. So there is a lot of business around us. Mm -hmm. and all of them were closed so we were right. like one open there so and then we were like we are yeah. like outlaws or something like police <laughs> are gonna come in here and shut us down like what's gonna happen you know yeah. um and like andy would joke around like the good thing is like every every time a car would stop by we knew it was for us because yes. we were definitely business open like so customer uh, <laughs> but that but that helped a lot because during this time we kind of built a reputation and we were very grateful for all the customers too because they would um help us a lot with mm -hmm. the reviews with the word of mouth was a big thing for us in the beginning like we would have new more people coming up the next day say oh my neighbor told me about you mm -hmm. guys or my coworker on a zoom meeting or and 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 that's how we start growing our our name and our business and more and more people start coming up and it became a big community place because we have people that hang out there that are neighbors their family and and you know so it that was the big point too about like the community really helped us during this time so awesome uh, that's great so um what advice do you have for any first-time uh business owners uh, would it be don't open during a pandemic or open during a pandemic <laughs> i think even if you have the pandemic or not uh the main thing is you really need to understand the business you have and be able to work there if you don't have it, like nobody else to do it for you so if you are in a coffee shop business make sure you really know about coffee and how to make it mm -hmm. because then if something happened even if you don't plan to be there every day like we planned um you can still you know survive until you find someone that you can trust and be there for you so i think it doesn't yeah. matter what you open you need to know do all the things like how to do other things yeah and being passionate about what you do too that makes a mm -hmm. huge difference people can notice that from the moment that they step into your place rather than a big branch of some sort that you know they there is a random you know employee there when you see the owners there and you see the passion they really 
see that what you're doing is important you know like you're not just serving a cup of coffee for a person you are putting all your passion and your love to there and, and kind of uh creating some kind of relationship too you know like sometimes like you, the one thing that always amazes us about the coffee business is like sometimes we are the first person that this customer is going to see in the on the, the day so like your interaction with them might make that the, the person's day go better or worse right so like mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a very important task and it's nice to interact with people at this time and coffee creates this kind of a relationship so being passionate this is a it's the most important thing I guess yeah and it and it shows as is the owner of the business showing up in the day-to-day it shows that it's not just a coffee shop but that it has something to do with with the passion that that you bring uh, for coffee and, and that gathering place I mean, just hearing Andy talk about, you know, the the pastry side and then coffee, you know, it's an intention, right? And customers pick up on that. It's what brings them back because there's a lot of competition in the coffee market, right? You know, a lot of competition. So uh, do you guys have plans to expand? Yeah. Yes, we do. Mm -hmm. That's, That's our whole goal. I mean, from the beginning, we always wanted to have more than like the one location. Uh, Of course, COVID happened and we always we have to put like a few extra times like time on our planning, but we do uh, have plans to expand. Yes. Okay. And your location again is in Mill Creek in the Mill Creek uh, Center. The town the, center. The town center. Yeah. Yes. Town center. Mm-hmm. Okay. Excellent. Um, do you have any promotions for anybody watching or listening to this podcast? Yeah, of course. I mean, for uh, everybody watching or listening to, if they want to stop the whole week at the coffee shop, tell. Us, like like we said we're always there so <laughs> they can tell us that they watch it or, or heard about this and they can get out like a 10 percent off on any like a whole bill on their whole bill okay awesome well listen Vinny, andy i certainly appreciate it just for those of you listening it's on main street five uh one five one one main street unit 105 i'm pretty sure there's a bequest coffee sign out front yeah. yes sir <laughs> awesome thank you guys so much for coming on we really appreciate it yeah appreciate yeah, your time thank, thank you. you so much for having us um so anybody else finishing up these are the great kinds of interviews we want to do if you know somebody that has a small business or lives works and serves folks on, in anywhere on the east side we would love an opportunity to feature their business so please uh reach out to us now before we go i, I want to just uh, bring up some statistics because i thought i kind of bring it back to kind of tell you guys what we're seeing um right now on a nationwide kind of uh um uh, on nationwide statistics, we're actually literally seeing more real estate agents enter the market than listings. That's like a crazy statistic, meaning more people are getting into the business than listings are coming onto the market. So if that isn't an indication of we need two things, less realtors and more listings. So if you know of listings, let me know. Um, just kind of a, a joke there. But also on the east side, what we showed this last week, we showed 296 homes come on the market and 529 go pending. So it's almost, it's not quite a two to one ratio, but just the market is so incredibly hot. So um, anybody watching, listening, we know we've been kind of saying the same thing. Who do you know that's thinking of selling? Now coupling our ready to sell program and then go out and support Request Coffee. If you find yourself in Mill Creek and you have a hankering for a pastry and coffee, swing in, if it's happy hour, I'm sure they'd be happy to have you. Thanks guys for coming on and thank you all for watching the show. <laughs>